Hello, and welcome to Lore Watch, a roundtable freeform discussion about lore and World of Warcraft and maybe other games, but probably not anytime soon. Uh, I am Anne Stickney, one of two lore focus writers from Blizzard Watch, and I've got two fabulous co hosts with me this week again. First off, we've got an incredibly bald Matthew Rossi. Yep, it's true. I had to shave my head. You look amazing. And then it's, we also have with us our our other second co-host who regularly give us, us the details on Shaman and lore as well, as it turns out, Joe Perez. Hey, Joe. Hi. How are you doing? I am still in shock that Rossi is bald. Are you bald? <laughs> I am not. Okay. No. I still okay. have way too much hair, so. My head is way too misshapen to go bald. I, you know. No. It's actually funny because when I was a kid, I actually fractured my skull, and my wife just finally saw the the fracture mark. Wow! Dent. She's like, "What is this thing on the side of your head?" I'm like, "Oh yeah, that's that's when I broke my skull when I was 12." <laughs> so yeah, it's still there. Hey, it's skull I, fracture buddies. Yeah, it's it's weird because I I, I have kind of a bullet shaped head. It's very. It's very aggressive looking. So people, I'm walking around and people are like, oh, God, he looks like a mob enforcer. (laughs) Look, I will pick up and snuggle this kitty. I'm fine, really. It's okay. I'm nice. I swear. Okay, so this week, obviously, we're going to talk about lore, World of Warcraft. Uh, The big thing that we have to make mention of is, hello, between last, last, well, the last show and this show, really, uh, we had an expansion announcement come out. So World of Warcraft, Legion. Mm-hmm. And yep. I'm totally going to say, if you didn't listen to the previous episode, you really should. And then go yeah. back and see exactly how much, in particular, Mr. Rossi predicted. Yeah. Well, there's let's a, there's... be fair. Like, Let's be fair here. This is the expansion where they did almost everything I could possibly <laughs> want them to do. So it's like, oh, it's bound to get a few right. There you go. Yeah, they kind of, um, they they appear to be, from the announcement anyway, they're kind of throwing everything in there, aren't they? Everything in the kitchen sink. Everything yeah. in the kitchen sink and Alaria and Turalion besides. But first, I think we should probably start off with talking about Gul'dan because obviously he's kind of the catalyst for all of this stuff. Um, yeah, it's it's interesting the little movie they showed. Mm-hmm. Um, well, Are you I'm talking not, about the cinematic clip? The little yeah, the little cinematic clip. Uh, okay. which I don't so, I don't know if we're going to see that. So For those for those who are listening for the first time by the way, we are not going to shy away from spoilers at all in this podcast. If you want to hear about lore, you're going to hear about all of it, including the stuff that hasn't been out yet. So fair warning, we're going to talk about this stuff. So yeah, let's go ahead and talk about the cinematic. Sorry. It starts off like, you know, in the in the dark and we don't really know where Gul'dan is. We find out later they tell you, but for the clip itself it just shows Gul'dan wandering around a dark place and then he Lurking finds King in the dark. Yeah. It's what's funny is how incredibly like frustrated he looked. Like they did a really good job of animating his face cuz he definitely looked like I cannot believe after all the stuff I did, I'm stuck schlepping around in the middle oh of the dark. Oh my god. I'm stuck in a tomb. Uh, yeah. Actually, it's really funny how it played into the Warcraft feeling mm-hmm. if you've played through warcraft 3 and you've read like the tomb of sargeras scenes in particular where, where you get the flashbacks to what happened to Gul'dan, it it, it was yeah it really mirrored that it kind of reminded me of the cinematic at the beginning of warlords like how it it harkened back to a previous period but then he finds like the big crystal doohickey and uh, <laughs> i gotta say i don't get 
I, apparently I just don't get night elf funeral customs because when, well, when someone dies in my family or whatever, we don't stick them in a giant crystal and keep them forever. Well, that well, was you're so. Not Maya of Shadow Song. Yeah, either. I was gonna say Maya <laughs> may have did that just because she was like, you know, really angry and was like, you know what? Screw this. You don't get a ne- decent burial. This Wait crystal looks awesome. So the huntress is nothing without the hunt, and I'm nothing without you. Fine, I will take your corpse mm-hmm. with me wherever I go. Yeah, <laughs> if it works for D and D parties, it works for Maya of Shadow Song. There you I'm go. S- I mean, I'm just saying. There you go. So, so we get, you know, we get Gul'dan doing his magic evil bit, and then we see. Uh, Illidan's tattoos laid up. Apparently, he's going to be a part of this expansion. We don't know how yet what he, what his role will be, but I'm, Illidan's back. So I'm curious if he's going to look at Gul'dan as a nemesis, as a ally, or as a tasty future snack. I gotta say, you gotta think that this is not somebody he would trust. And he, no, of all, of all the people in existence, he knows exactly Jay. how you know. Well, this you guy, know, that's the interesting thing, too, though. This guy ate my skull. I think I'll go wake him up. <laughs> well, that, and that, that's exactly it, too. This is really interesting because if you remember back in Burning Crusade, he yeah. had the skull. He was talking with that damn skull. Oh, yeah. No, he was doing that whole, alas, poor Yorick, I knew him well, up at the top of Black Temple. But uh, the, the thing about Illidan is, like... Okay, obviously they need him to fuel this portal thing that's letting the Burning Legion through to Azeroth. Okay, I get that. Understand well, we don't know, that. You don't know it, that, We kind of got hints at that is what we got. What I don't get is why would it have to be him? Like, why him? And also, I don't know if he's going... I don't... If anyone on Azeroth knows Gul'dan and knows how to beat Gul'dan, it would be the entity that consumed the powers of his skull and talked to him for a very long time after well, his yeah. death. In Warcraft 3, uh, Illidan straight up has Gul'dan's memories. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. he ch- he ch- ch- that's well that's how he knew how to go to the Broken Isles to get the Eye of Sargeras to go ahead and like try and assault Northrend back in Warcraft 3. So, I mean, Obviously, Gul'dan knows, or excuse me, Illidan knows Gul'dan exceptionally well. And whether or not that holds after after Illidan has technically died and then come back again, which again, we're hailing back to that whole Twisting Nether thing yeah. that we mentioned on the first show, where so you like kill a, yeah. a demon and he's not really dead. Well, and that's the interesting thing, right? So maybe it's not about Illidan as a per, as like a, an entity that exists. Maybe it's because inside of his body are the missing piece of Gul'dan before he was basically raised to demonhood. Because if he has memories that technically never existed for the other Gul'dan that has been pulled into the Twisting Nether, that's a missing piece of the puzzle. I don't know. I honestly think we might so be overthinking think Gul'dan, that whole thing. Do you think Gul'dan wanted to wake him up so that he could in turn kill Illidan and consume Take- his soul? And therefore get Illidan's memories and his own back again? More or less. Or like he was just basically told to say, hey, go there. He's got pieces of your brain. Go get it. I I think we're probably going a little bit too far down the rabbit hole with that. (laughs) I don't know. All I know for certain is that we're going to see Illidan again. Uh, We're going to have this enormous demon invasion. We've been told there's the biggest demonic invasion of Azeroth ever, which makes the uh, War of the Ancients look like... Oh hey, that was a nice spring day. Now we've got now we've got demons. This is demons. I, I'm I'm excited about that prospect because um, we haven't had like that whole sort of full out. Well, I think the first time we had any of that kind of full out world invasion was back when the gates of Encarage opened in vanilla. Yeah, and even which that I really just, enjoyed. Yeah. It was bugs everywhere. Everywhere there was bugs. 
It's it, they did that. They did the Scourge invasion twice. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They actually did that when Nax came out, and then they did it again when Wrath was launched. Uh, so I don't. My thought is this: this, this kind of like they've sort of made it sound like we're going to have this big event before the expansion actually launches. Well, yeah, that's said what they we said were. flat out. Yeah. Yeah. This is before the. It's like the a siege expansion of, thing. Well, the siege, of, the siege of the tomb of Sargeras is going to be a thing because that's how we get our artifact weapons. But they yeah, said but, that this invasion and all of this other stuff. This is all. This all takes pri- place prior, prior to the expansion's launch, which I find very entertaining. I because hello content. <laughs> yeah, I, I want to see what happens when that when yeah. we do that. Like, what's what are the stakes? I honestly, I, there's been a lot of talk about it because of the artifact weapon stuff Joe mentioned. We know at least two of the artifacts are weapons that you wouldn't expect the people who have them to just let them go. Ashbringer and Doomhammer. Although, yeah. I don't know, Tyrion Fordring seemed to be pretty good at like misplacing Ashbringer. Yeah, I, I do remember Ash. that quest in, in, War, so, in Original Wrath. Maybe he, he just like, dropped it somewhere, and you find it in the closet. Oh, Ashbringer oh. does that thing off. <laughs> this will I left it with my <laughs> hockey gear. <laughs> They pretty much hinted that it's not. It's some of the stuff, you know. Their wielders are either like depressed or gone, and I don't know which we're gonna see or what. I mean, there's there's some there's some stuff I want to see. The Doomhammer I, in particular strikes me as interesting because Thrall's not the sort to just like hand that over. But he is the sort that maybe gets written out that says, you know what? It's somebody else's fight now. I got a family to raise. Peace. Well, there's uh, honestly the idea that you know. We keep talking about it. the idea is that he might have just he might you know have given up the fight. That's you know they they, they use that language I believe if I'm not insane. Yep. I believe Anne made a point. You were talking. I don't know if you did if you wrote it yet or not. So if you didn't write this yet, you may have just said it on Twitter and then didn't actually write it. But you were talking about the Doomhammer and the prophecy and something. Yeah, I was talking about the prophecy and I'm actually looking that up right now because I was like I need to find the exact wording of that thing. Where yeah. is it? Where is it? Where is it? Ah, through blood. No, wait. Yes. Is that it? I think that's it. Uh, through blood, the weapon shall pass as surely as night begets day until the elements cry unheard and pride return. T- pride turns to unbridled rage. The last of the line shall deliver salvation and doom upon his kind. Honor will be undone and all will be lost before it is found again. A stranger will raise the hammer high and with it justice shall reign. So we assume that the entirety of this is about Orgrim losing the Doomhammer and then Thrall regaining it, leading the Horde to victory, all this other stuff. But what if that last sentence, that that bit about the stranger raising the hammer high, what if that's not Thrall, that's you, Prophet Velen straight up says at one point that it's going to change hands again after Thrall. Like, he straight up says it. When is that? Uh, way back in Burning Crusade. Like, it's when they first started oh, was talking it in about... Burning Crusade? Yeah, it was when they started talking about... Uh, when they started talking about uh, the prophecies. When Velen basically... I forgot what quest it was. Oh, God. It was a long time ago. But it's one of those things where it's just like... it's He mentions it offhandedly where it's like... And it will change again and it will be once again used to uh, call in the case of justice or in the cause of justice. Yeah. But it was, it's really kind of nifty that, you know, it's Prophet Velen who says it's going to go somewhere else again. It will go somewhere else. And yeah, I, I'm kind of like... Well, here's the weird thing about the whole Doomhammer prophecy is that we assumed Thrall was the stranger. But Thrall wasn't a stranger. Right. He was, he was essentially 
Orberg's well, he was kind of friends. a stranger to his own people because he wasn't raised with them. Yeah, but... That's how I always looked at that. If you think about it this way, Orgrim's best friend died, and Orgrim was effectively, therefore, standing in lieu of Durotan. He was the only thing Thrall had left. And clearly, by the time Doomhammer dies, Thrall is his heir. Pretty now, they're much. Not, they're not blood-related, but how important is that to orcs? I Yeah, well, and like I said, the, I had assumed that a stranger meant Thrall because Thrall wasn't raised with orcs. He was raised with humans. And when he showed up, when he first showed up to talk to Grom, when he found Grom, like, in the woods after he had escaped, mm-hmm. you know, there was that moment where they were like, who are you? You speak the human language. This is really weird. And they thought he was a stranger. And he kind of had to learn the orc way of doing things from the ground up, you know, after he had yeah. already reached maturity, he kind of had to learn all of this stuff. So I figured he was the stranger, but it, it, yeah, maybe he's not. It's, it's certainly feasible. I, I don't necessarily know that that's the theory and it isn't my theory, but it's an interesting idea to consider. That's why I wanted to bring it up yeah. in terms of like, in terms of whether or not Thrall is still going to be alive. I don't know. I think it's unlikely they would kill him. Like, I don't yeah, think I they'd kill him. That, no. Extremely unlikely they would kill him. Uh, people have been asking about whether or not Varian's going to die just because they've been giving... Weirdly. Uh, Anduin, well, they've been giving Anduin a lot of press, and Varian's not listed on the page, but then and again... And a brand new model. Don't forget that, too. Then again, uh, Vol'jin isn't listed on the page either. Mm. It's not like they've listed Bane or, you know, Gen got listed because Gen seems to be... They seem to have set Gen up as Sylvanas's opposite. Which is Which interesting. Sense. And, yeah, it does make sense to a degree. Well, I mean, he definitely would want to go after her because she killed his son. I, I don't think... I think Sylvanas, in doing that, the whole Gilnean invasion, I think Sylvanas has finally made an enemy that has a personal stake in killing her. Like, all of her... Like, the previous... And it's, like, the had. worst one she could make, too, because he's a crabby old dude with the chip on his shoulder, and he will mm-hmm. let that chip just fester. Oh, yeah. Get, I mean... Plus, He's in, he's, Again, Grey Mane, like, yeah. come on. This is the guy that locked his entire people up for 20 years just because his friend annoyed him on a budget <laughs> issue. I, I know, I don't like want to guys. I don't want to spend money on that. I'm gone. I'm gone, and so is everybody else. We're going home, and we're not coming out, and you're not coming in. <laughs> Honestly, I would love it if Legion brought us some resolution to the Gen Sylvanas conflict and some resolution to the, the fate of Gilneas. I want to know where, uh, oh my gosh, I'm blanking on the name right now. Crowley. I want to know where Crowley went. Yeah, where Both father he... and daughter. They went behind, they went back into Gilneas. They like, did. Uh, they did. At the end of the, uh, well, it's a starting experience in Silverpine. If you're Alliance and you've played through the Gilneas starting zone, you haven't quite seen the end end of that. And you should roll a Forsaken just for the sake of playing up to the end of Silverpine. Um, so you can see what happens there, because Crowley does make an appearance, both father and daughter, and then they just kind of disappear, and they're never heard from again, really. Nobody really knows where they are. Um, well, that's because nobody knows what's going on in Gilneas. The story yeah, for Gilneas doesn't move past that point. There's a it battleground. Does a little bit, it does a little bit, because if you do the rogue legendary chain in Cataclysm, um you you get a little bit more of that progression. There's a uh, black dragon disguised as a human, and he's sort of rounding everybody up and 
you know, riling them up and you have to go in and kill him for Rathion because Rathion. <laughs> anyway, uh, but once you do that, it's sort of assumed that everybody there said, oh, wow, that enigmatic leader that weirdly had us under some kind of strange and sourcewoman is gone. We should just take off. This place really sucks. And then it just sat there and Gilneas yeah. is just kind of sitting there and that's yeah, it. The last time we saw the Seventh Legion was the Gilneas as well. We don't know what's yeah. over them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'll bring I'll bring that up later because I want to talk about something lore related, but that's not for right now. Okay. So we've got Gul'dan running around loose on Azeroth. We know he's going to be a raid boss at some point. Uh, he kind of has to be. Well, they've well, said they straight it. up. Yeah. Yeah, they said you will be raid. You will fight him in this place, and you and, will have nowhere else to run. Yeah, I actually am a little. I don't want them to kill Gul'dan off because. Warcraft has what I call a Joker problem. Yeah. In that, you know, they kill off a lot of guys, and then they basically have to either bring them back or, you know, do do without them. Like, this entire... I feel a little weird about Warlords, because sometimes it feels like Warlords only existed to give us back Gul'dan so he could do this. You know what I mean? That like, is yeah. entirely possible that that will be the entire point of this entire experience. I, I, I actually have a tinfoil hat that I need to write regarding that. And not- I think I will work on that this week because it's an interesting tinfoil hat. It is narratively speaking, it feels like, you know, Gul'dan's, you know, we got Warlord, so Gul'dan would be alive, so Gul'dan could mess with us some more. And then it's like, and- okay... Then and don't all kill of him. the people on all of the people on Draenor are just going to stay put. Yeah, they're not going to come through, even though it's like, "Hi, we saved your world. Can you come? You know, do us a solid." No, we're busy. We're busy fixing ours. Okay, but you don't understand. It's like, see, we got like, there's demons out here, and we could really use you. And it's like, you exist because of us. Like, you're still alive just like, nah. because we kind of stuck. So, can you just, you know? No, I get why, I get why, they, I get why they don't want to use them. It makes me a little upset because I don't want characters like Yorel to just go away. I know. I want Grom to they go away. They introduced her. They made her. They made her this really, really cool character and everything. And then all of a sudden, she's gone. Yeah, she's gone. I'd I'd like to see Yorel again. I'd like, like to see Marad died, and she got stronger because she witnessed that, and it kind of like bolstered her strength or whatever. And by the way, I hate one character dying to bolster another character. I think it's kind of contrived, but oh well. Mm-hmm. Moving on. She had all of this stuff happen to her, and now she's just going to stay on Draenor. Okay? Yeah, it is What was kinda... the point? Honestly, I, it does feel really bizarre, uh, and it's not one of my favorite things, but I am... I'm interested in seeing what they do with Gul'dan in this expansion, like what his role for the Legion is. I'm interested in seeing like what the Legion is doing because they're not just after the after the event, whatever it's going to be. There's clearly a, a period of time where the Legion is just coming through. Like they don't just swarm the world; that they keep no. coming through. But they, it's like they're standing around waiting for something. I want to know what that is. There's there's the pillars of creation we're told we're looking for. Uh, which, I'm so excited about that. That also one of the things, ties into the tinfoil hat thing that I'm working on. Doesn't that remind you of the thing in uh, Deep Home? A bit, yeah. That was holding Deep Home the, up? Yeah, the world pillar. Yeah. I find myself wondering if the pillars of creation are essentially that for Azeroth. It's like the second step. Yeah, there's there's something interesting going on with that. We've got like new zones. What gets me is like the Broken Isles weren't this big. Nope. But, but there's, I'm kind of like... 
I know they weren't as big, and I know Gul'dan supposedly raised them from the sea or whatever, uh, particularly Suramar. I mean, Suramar is supposed to have this 10,000-year-old civilization on it. Well, how were they living in a bubble under the sea, SpongeBob SquarePants? Like, what was going on there exactly? Or were they actually – one of the things that comes to mind for me at least was – you remember when we started talking about the, about the Timeless Isle? And how right. it might it might have been like an island it, that existed multiple timelines, whatever it might keep links in and out of existence. Do you think Suramar does the same thing? No, I think that they they might have used their magic to basically put the the broken isles in an out pocket. So like when it went un, when it went underwater, it didn't go underwater. Like it, it went sideways, and the the land went underwater, but the people and the cities and everything kind of went into the twisting nether. If that makes sense. So well, we still... are talking about Highborn here, and they were yeah. like some of the most powerful spellcasters in existence. I don't Just know. Joe, out, like... what do you think? Well, I mean, it's an interesting theory. I mean, because we don't know what happened to them, right? And pushing themselves into the Twisting Nether makes a certain amount of sense. Um, it also kind of makes me curious to go back to one of our discussions about Azara. And maybe part of that is her doing, too, with it coming back up. And maybe the Isles are less submerged as a result of that. Because let's not forget, she did connect Neptalon. She has been growing in power. And she's been unmolested for the entire time that we've been in Draenor. This could be part of that her? as well. Like, should we talk about what we know about her? And sure. Because uh, I believe they mentioned, well, they mentioned that um, in one of the zones, and I forget the name. I think it says Sune, but I'm not sure. The, the 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 Naga under her direction. He said, you know, he mentioned her name. He name checked her. Uh, he said Queen Ashara, but he didn't say she's going to be in the expansion. He just said she's sending her forces in to find one of the pillars of creation, uh, possibly working with the Legion. I believe they even said working with the Legion, didn't they? Uh, I think they did. But at any rate, they so did. Ash- yes. Ashara is up to her, you know, old tricks. And it makes you wonder if she's responsible, if she is looking for the pillars of creation, I could see her lowering the water levels because that is the kind of thing Naga love to do. They've done it twice now. They did it in Serpent Shrine and then they did it again with Vashir. Uh, so, yeah. What are with all of that water? Why do they want to drain the water and keep it? Like, what are they doing with it? That's a good question. I don't have an answer to it. Uh, the Naga keep, like, the Naga have been back behind stuff for a long time now. Yeah. And yet to get like a this is what they're actually doing out of any of it. So, and it, this expansion is once again going to keep us guessing. It's not going to give us a definitive on what the Naga are up to, but well, maybe. We don't know. I mean, we yeah. could get more of that story. I mean, there's there's definitely potential there, especially as we start tearing through because we already know that we're going to be facing uh one of her generals essentially, another one of them, Tide Mistress, a Atisha, I think I'm pronouncing that. Oh, right. Yeah, Atlisa or something. I, I can't. Yeah, it's like Atisha or Atisha. Atisha. A T H I S S A. She's so, she's supposedly in Asuna. Um, so we're going to be seeing her, and I'm assuming that there's going to be something tied to her that's going to be explaining what's going on, or at least some plot, or at least I hope, knock on wood, that we're going to get something that's going to hint at what their end game is or their goal is, or what Ashara is up to. I'm kind of. All I'm, I'm just crossing my fingers at this point that they don't make Ashara some kind of weirdo zone boss or sticker in an instance. Because um, she deserves more attention than that. Oh, does she ever? Oh, like, yeah. I could actually handle her being in an instance if it's a situation similar to um, her last appearance in an instance. Well of Eternity, where she escapes where she, at the end, where she pieces out. She didn't yeah. escape. 
She didn't escape because she wasn't she in casually any walked. She just casually there. strolled yeah. on She's out like, of there and said, I'll, "Okay, I'll, I'm gonna get on my giant evil bat." Uh, and y'all we're just can take off. Yeah, y'all can keep doing what you're doing. It's cool. I don't care. Bye bye. You know. So see you later. If she does that again, I'd be fine with it. Or if she made an appearance as a boss, I would want it to be a big freaking deal. Mm-hmm. Like, we're talking uh, like kill Jaden Sunwell level appearance. Yeah. Complexity. You know, I don't want her something sh- huge. Yeah. I don't want her to show up as the garage hell scream of his own. She uh, could be like, she could be the main boss of her own expansion easily. Yeah, oh, absolutely. But that being said, though, I I would like to find out. I would like to, for once and for all, actually hear something from her aside from you know. Hey, Malfurion, how's yeah. it going? Hope you Although, didn't like Hydal. See you later. <laughs> Paradoxically, I do like how civil she is when she shows up. I did like that she was very, like, you know, she wasn't, like, cackling and malevolent. She was just, no. hello, Malfurion. How have you been? How's how's the wife? It was almost vaudevillain in that way. Like, it's just so, like, so civilized and proper. Yeah, I like that about her. But, I mean, there's, geez, we could talk about Ashar all day, but there's, like, so much more to talk about. I we, mean. We, we talked about her a lot last week. Oh, yes. Last time we convened. So, let's, let's, um. Somebody start talking about Demon Hunters, because, my God, there's <laughs> Lord, they're just right there. Someone talk about Demon Hunters. So we get Demon Hunters. Yes. And Demon Hunters, it's interesting how they're treating this, because it... it okay, way back in, in, in Warcraft 3, I think it was, there were Demon Hunter units, correct? Yes. Okay. Mm-hmm. And those guys were basically night elves who put their own eyes out, and they kind of made a pact to fight against the burning legion by assuming some of the legion's powers. And it's kind of like what the warlocks do a little bit. It's a very warlocky way of looking at things. Only it's a night elf way of looking at things. And you'll notice that night elves can't actually, they can't be warlocks. Nope. Um, demon hunters, on the other hand, are elf only. You can be a demon hunter on a night elf, or you can be a demon hunter on a blood elf. And these guys, the ones that are being presented in Legion, these guys are the remnants of the Illidari from Burning Crusade, which I find really cool. Which I just went and visited right before the podcast, because I couldn't remember if there was a ton of them or Oh, there or was a, a bunch up and on the Black a, Temple. There is an entire rise in the Runes of Karabor that is nothing yeah, but... Veritas and all his guys. Mm-hmm. yeah. They yeah, were just kind of hanging out up there. That's like what I was really interested about because they were they talking they talked at the Gamescom about the uh, s- there's a secret mission. Of, it, it feels really weird because it feels like this entire thing will start like while people are raiding Black Temple. It feels like you know Gilladon sees that they're coming up, but he's busy sending his people off to this leather planet, so he can't really prepare for it. It's really messed he's up. He's not prepared. Ironically, well, yes, Illidan was not. <laughs> But it was interesting too because the planet that they're going to was the prison world. Yeah, uh, I can I can't remember the name of it off the top of my head for a prison world of Mardoon. Mardoon, like yeah, it and that's where the they... original world where Sargeras locked up all of the bad guys back when he was actually working for the Titans, and then once he decided, wait, no, Titans bad, evil, good, he went back to this prison world and set them all free. Which By makes you wonder the planet up. Well, yeah. But it also makes you wonder because, like, if demon hunters get their powers from either consuming or inviting demons into them, whatever case, what if something was left behind? And what was that if that was the whole point of them being sent there in mass? 
Like, what if there was some big, great demon depository or or something there that was like, hey, you know, this guy just happened to be too terrible to let out, but we can keep him here. And Illidan's like, no, I actually know he's there, so let's go, let's go get some stuff. What what I like about this is that if they play it a certain way, okay, don't get me wrong. I loved Burning Crusade. I thought Burning Crusade was fantastic. I had a wonderful time when I played Burning Crusade. However, Illidan and his story never really quite clicked with me because he wasn't, he didn't have like a story arc. He just kind of lurked in the Black Temple. Um, And you saw glimpses of him here and there. Like you saw a glimpse of him talking to somebody about like the the red crystals with the blood elves. And you saw a glimpse of him on Netherwing Ledge when he He correctly pointed out that, that, yeah, and, and, and that was about it. You didn't really see what his plans were or anything. We were just told, hey, we need to go fight that guy and kill him. So we went and fought him and we killed him. But we never really quite understood where Illidan where he stood, where he stood within the whole Burning Legion thing. It, it was more obvious sense to kill Kale than it did Illidan. Right. And it was mm-hmm. obvious that, that Illidan still wasn't really truly allied with the Burning Legion because obviously Kale Thos decided to go over Illidan's head and just talk to the Legion directly. Something that Illidan maybe wasn't willing to give him and wasn't particularly happy about when he did it. So what I'm interested in seeing here, because they, they've got a really good opportunity here to go back in a way and kind of round out his story. And depending on which direction they take, I may feel really bad for the war glaives that I have in my possession. And I may feel bad that we went to the top of this temple because okay. maybe he was working against the Legion all along and we just didn't see it. Well, I mean, and that makes a certain amount of sense, too, if you think about it, because, I mean, if he's tapped into Gul'dan's brain, right, if he's got right. all of his memories, he knows a bunch of stuff that we honestly can't even begin to fathom, right? No. We've never, we've never really been in that headspace. Gul'dan, we don't Gul'dan know. you know, way back in the original Warcraft games, Gul'dan was kind of linked with Sargeras, well, mm-hmm. with Medivh, but Sargeras was in Medivh, and this game is so weird. Anyway... <laughs> There was that whole mental link thing going on where Gul'dan was trying to pry the secrets from Sargeras's mind mere moments before Medivh lost his head. Literally. Um, so Gul'dan does have an incredible amount of information on the Legion. Probably and, more than we ever knew. And this oper- and, and like you said, this, op- this presents a great opportunity to fill in the gaps without retconning. Like, and that, I hate yeah, that's retconning. Good I hate part. retconning so much. That's the good part. Cause right. it's like, okay, he sent these guys on a mission. Why did he send them on a mission? Oh, he had a different plan all along. Oh my gosh. Why did we kill him? You know, that kind of thing. Or it could be, wow, he was really messed in the head. I'm glad we took care of him. We should probably take care of him again. I mean, it could go either way. Although it depends entirely on what he was going to like. Why is he sending them there? What was he like, doing? Are they about to breach the citadel of some like horrible monstrosity so d- diabolically evil that even Sargeras was like, "Nah, leave that in. That can stay in." That thing was a pain to get in there. I almost well, lost that fight. Right. I don't want to let that thing out again. And how awesome would that be if that was like maybe their ultimate goal, where it's like, you know what? He's probably still, or that thing is really pissed at Sargeras. We need to deal with Sargeras. Enemy of my enemy is my friend. Like, if it turns into this massive, complicated, you know, plot where he was planning and it was like a game of chess to Illidan, I am completely okay with that. 
And the other thing that I'm thinking here, though, the other possibility is that he's sending them very deliberately to the world where the Burning Legion originated, Mm -hmm. to that world where it all began. And maybe if maybe he's doing that because he figures that's where he can figure out how to end it. If he sees how it began, he could somehow kind of discern how to bring it to an end. Yeah. Yeah. Um, could, you know, literally, we have no idea, but that's the cool no, thing we about don't. Not but having... I'm, I'm really excited to see. <laughs> no, it's there's like the other thing about it too is that we then get to find out at some point they come back or something happens, and Maev locks them up in some evil vault. So we get to see more Maev. Yeah, mm-hmm. I hope we actually get to see more of Maev than just the flashback. I hope she's actually in this game. No, I want her to be a flashback. I don't. Oh, want I, them to I deal disagree with, her with you. Right now. I want no, them to deal with you her. know why I don't want them to deal with her right now. I, I don't want them to deal with her right now because I don't want to see the uh oh she's gone cuckoo crazy Mayev of Wolfheart. I don't want to see that Mayev, and I don't want to see them try and handle that story arc when they're handling everything else in the kitchen sink that they've just thrown at us because they will not do her story justice. If they did, and I, uh, you know what, I'm going to agree with Anne here because if you've done the legendary ring quest, the ring quest, up ring. To the point, yeah, ring. <laughs> quest yeah uh if you go up to that point and you see what happens to a warden when it starts tapping into that close to the yeah. Legion, yeah like it just seems like that would be way too easy of a write-off and i don't want that i don't they already wrote off fandral and i was mm-hmm. really ticked about how they handled fandral i don't want to see Mayev get that same kind of kind of treatment and that i think she said, deserves way more than that that's all that's all great and i don't disagree with you necessarily but the reason i want to see more of her is i don't think you can just drop her back into the game you think you need to see more of her before you start working on her story i think there needs to be plus let's be honest this is the night elf nightmare this is the thing that they blew up their world to prevent having happened the last time 10,000 years later this is this is their nightmare this is everything they don't want to have happen happening uh, you need to get the, the Night Elves involved, and we know Malfurion's off in Val's... I can't say it, the name of this. Valsheron? Valshera? Valshera. Valshera, thank you. We know Malfurion's over there fighting Xavius. Uh, I don't know what Taronda's doing. Like, I have no idea what Taronda's doing in this expansion. <laughs> Sitting at home, knitting? I don't know. They I never seem to, God, to care what she's doing. I hope to God that's not the case, but... If with the leadership of the Night Elves divided and not being particularly important, this is the time for Maiev to get a little, for lack of a better word, I don't want to say redemption, because I don't think she thinks she's wrong. And no, I think she's that not. She would, I think she would even say, look at what happens. But she this can slide is... into that level of importance. I yeah, think I... that she would, she would, honestly, I, you know, I talked about this on Twitter, and I talked about this a little bit in Know Your Lore last week or, well, last Friday, um, when I was talking about Maev. The thing about Maev is that I don't think she's crazy. I think that she's actually got some really good points. Because, I mean, well, why did she want to keep Illidan locked up? Because he was the dude that went up to this pool on top of High Jaw and said, hey, you know that crazy thing that drew the attention of the Legion that just murdered, like, half of our people? I think I want to make another one of those. And he just does it. And they don't kill him for that. They lock him up. So she watches him. 
She she creates an order. Malfurion asks her to create an order to watch this guy, to oversee this guy, and it kind of extends to other criminals of Night Elf society. And then she goes off. She goes off to go take care of some sort of business. And while she's gone, Tyrande shows up, kills her wardens, and lets Illidan go. Like, with oh, yeah. no explanation to that. Just lets him go. So what does he do? He goes to Felwood, promptly turns into a demon, turns around, kills more wardens. It's like they aren't even paying attention to any of this. And then when she comes back in Wolfheart, what is she seeing in Wolfheart? She's seeing in Wolfheart, she's seeing, oh, Tirana and Malfurion have just sort of decided to, you know, brush their hands of that whole highborn thing. Forget about the whole War of the Ancients and all of the stuff that nearly decimated our society from within and just let the highborn back into Calderay society because why not? No, I'm not saying – my point isn't that she's wrong in the first place, although I do think that her little murder scheme was a little – It was a, a little, little over the top, okay? A little, I, I a little do, murdery. It, it was a little over the top and murdery, but at the same yeah. time, she has points. Yeah, she What does, have but... the Alliance done for the Night Elves? What have they done for the Night Elves? They joined the Alliance after the end of the Third War, after Archimonde had been taken care of. What's happened to the Night Elves between then and now? Death. A lot of death. What happened in the 10,000 years before they joined the Alliance? Not a lot of death. A well, lot, lot of, of well, Not plus, a lot of anything. Well, that's not really fair. There was the War of the Satyr. There was the War of the Shifting Sands. But my point is not that Maya's wrong in the first place. My point is this is the expansion where she can begin to build a power base. This is the expansion where she can begin to say to the Night Elves, this is hey, what guys, happens. Look, look at what's at happening. Look at all of my wonderful points. Look at the, like, all the yeah. wonderful points I'm making here. It's like, hey, come to I my predict, side. I predicted all of this stuff come, come to yeah. mind. I mean, look at it, you know, look at what's happened. Look at this army of demons pouring through. They're what, just making her points yeah. for her at, yeah. at, at, at this at this point. And that would be what I'd want to see from Maya. I don't want to see her show up and be a villain in his own. Right. I don't want to see her necessarily even have a big presence. But imagine start like a building quests, her up. Yeah. This Have is her okay. Where, where she basically you're you're investigating what's going on in Save Alcheron, <laughs> and there's a group of night elves who won't talk to you. They won't deal with you. They avoid you, and you're like trying to track down why. And it turns out they work for Maiev. You know and what's they, interesting? What could be interesting? They could take her. This could be the first step to a Garrosh style arc for Maiev because yeah. Garrosh's story started back in Burning Crusade and it just progressed it progressed through all of these expansions so why not take her down that same path maybe I, not I, make her a villain at the end I don't know I want to see I want to see Night Elf Civil War I'm sorry I wouldn't be I would, <laughs> here's the thing is honestly I honestly feel like you have a three way fight you could have in, in Night Elf society because oh, you yeah. can have they can have extremists like Maiev yeah who come along and say no you, and I totally I, I know she's dead but I don't care I would absolutely bring Liara back. I would just say, oh, yeah, she, you know, she didn't quite die. She survived. Uh, and have like, you know, Liara and the Druids of the Flame and other ones basically back her and say, look, this is the way. Look how screwed up our society is. Our leaders are working with the Horde while they're firebombing our cities. The, this, this is Malfurion's got to go. The, the neutrality of the Scenarian Circle has to go. They can't be leading our society. They can be over there doing what they do and out out of power. Then you have, you know, obviously Toronto Malfurion on the other side because that's there the the you know status quo. They're I actually, gonna... um, I would like to see this. Um... Well, you, you don't. The one th- the, the third faction would basically be in my in my heart. 
would be Chandris. I want Chandris to come up and say, well, you know what? None of you are right. I'm going to have to take over. And be I the want, pragmatic I want, leader. I want to see, I want to see Taronda. I want to see Taronda actually sit down and talk to Maiev and go, you know what? Maybe you have a point and get into a fight with Malfurion over the whole thing. Why not? We haven't seen the two of them argue. They just kind of work together or whatever, even though, like you pointed out, rightfully pointed out, Malfurion's sitting here going, oh, yeah, let's go ahead and um, have the Horde assist us, even though they've been murdering our people and taking our resources and all of this other stuff for years. Why don't we go ahead and, you know, just work with them? Peace, love, trees. No. You know, the, and the interesting thing is, like, all of this stuff could start popping back up, right? Because we have so many things that that they're going to intersect with besides just the Burning Legion. We also have the Emerald Nightmare that's coming up, which is something that a lot of people have been asking for uh, with I'm Xavius making a return. I'm nervous about the Emerald Nightmare. I'm nervous about the Emerald Nightmare. Uh, as am I, but it's a really great point, especially for the, the, the Night Elves, uh, where we can start seeing things like maybe Chandra starts coming into a, a, another role of importance. Maybe this is where she steps in and says, you know what? I, I got this. We're good. Or when May I do want to see Chandra says, step in, though, Rossi. You're absolutely right. I, I am so yeah, tired. Absolutely. We've had Chandra's Feathermoon in this game for like 10, 11 She's years. She's been kind of shoved to the side. Yeah, this, is, this is the most experienced general on the face of Azeroth. Mm-hmm. Who else has got... I mean, okay, maybe Jared's about his experience, but he hasn't been doing anything for thousands of years. Jared's, Jared yeah. kind of deliberately withdrew yeah. from society because he didn't want that leadership role. Meanwhile, yeah. we have Chandris, who, yeah, she's been doing that whole thing in Feathermoon. What have we gotten out of Chandris? We got one short story, a leader short story, that was supposedly about Tal- uh, Tyrande and Malfurion, but kind of boiled down to Chandris finally accepts Tyrande as her mommy. Yeah, that's What? Just, yeah, <laughs> which, oh, the Sisterhood of Elite stuff? Oh, 10, yeah. 000, it's 10,000 uh. years later. Get over your mommy issues. I think that after 10,000 years of living, you, you, know, would, you wouldn't... I mean, it wasn't like there was a huge age gap between two yeah. immortal beings here or anything. One of them is it 10, was just ridiculous and, and stupid. One of them is 10,000 and like 70, and the other is 10,000 and 30. At this point, it doesn't matter. Nope. It doesn't, yeah. I, this, I mean, they should be seeing each other as equals. It doesn't matter Tarantus if it's a mother do- that? Yeah, Does Tarantus still pull that when Chandra's comes to visit? Have you been cleaning your room? I'm 10,030 years old. Are you serious with this? <laughs> but, like, you know, honestly, I, I, wouldn't even mind, I wouldn't even mind if they did the whole... They, they've been teasing it ever since... They, when, they, when they did Wolfheart, they basically had Chandra's and Jared basically go like, Well, we're friends now. We'll be good friends. I don't care if they bring that back again, but for God's sakes, let Chandra's do something. Just give her sitting, a role. She's been sitting in Feathermoon for like, and she's been sitting there for like literally the entirety of this game's run. And they upgraded Feathermoon in, in Cataclysm. And I'm like, great. Now she has an even more impressive place from which to do nothing. You know, let, let's, the Broken Isles are basically off the coast of, of Kalimdor, right? There, we don't know exactly where they, from what I've been seeing from like preliminary maps and things like that, people seem to think they're off the, like, they're just off the northwestern coast of uh, the Eastern Kingdoms, actually. That's closer to Lordaeron, which makes kind, well, it kind of makes sense because, because Gul'dan had to, Gul'dan pieced out from the Horde 
when they hit Lordaeron. He peaced out and he went to go raise the Broken Isles. So it would make sense that he wouldn't have to travel all the way to Kalimdor to do this kind of thing. And of course, you know, when the Sundering happened, it just sort of blew everything into pieces. So who knows where the heck they ended up? I don't know. I just ultimately... It just seems like the kind of thing that this is a very night elf history heavy thing. Like the the, the War of the Ancients. The this Return whole the expansion Ancient. seems to be pretty night elf heavy, and I'm kind of happy is, about that. This is the time to, to have Chandra step up and yeah. maybe, if nothing else, take a military leadership position where she's like, look, you two don't know how to fight a war. Okay? I do. You know, uh, no offense, Taronda, you're great at going insane and killing a bunch of our own people on the off chance that Illidan will be useful. And Malfurion, you're extremely good at, like, letting the Horde do whatever it wants. But I'm actually a military leader, and I'm tired of being down in Feralas. So, yeah, I'm taking over. I'm going to lead this fight. And and just let her. Just use her, Blizzard. You've had her for this entire time. Well, just have her do something. And it, what, what irritates me about it, too, is we is they had a, a, a whole thing with her, too, with Tides of War, where, like, she was there and then left right before the mana bomb went off. Like, they kept her alive for a reason. Use her. Yeah, especially since they're having Sylvanas in this one. And they've teased that Alaria is coming back. And there's one archer on Azeroth who is better, objectively better, than either Windrunner sister. Yep. And that's yep. Chandra's. Chandra's Feathermoon. That's Chandra's, yeah. You know, may, maybe, possibly, you know, I'm trying to think of like anybody else who would even be in the same league. With Vosh out of the picture, there really isn't anybody. It's like the three Windrunners, and above them, Chandra's Feathermoon. In in Warcraft 3, you could actually put Tyrande in there, because she used a bow. Yeah. She doesn't use a bow she much no. in WoW, so... No, she's much more about calling the moon and all that other stuff, which she's also phenomenally well, good at. So it's that's cool. That's although fine. if you're I, if you're a mage and you have a, what is it? The I forgot what it is. There's a, a heroes. I forget what. I can't remember the name of it. It summons like echoes of time. It does summon uh, an old version of Tyrande who goes to town with a bow and arrow. A random <laughs> random little thing I noticed in raid the other day. I would love to see Chandras and Tyrande ride into battle and just mess people up. Yeah, that'd be awesome. And, and you know what, Malfurion can. I I don't hate Malfurion. Look, there's he's off doing his Emerald Nightmare thing, and that's yeah, good sure. because that's what Malfurion is good at. That's what he should be focusing on. He, he's messed up Xavius three times now. By all means, go fight Xavius. You're good at that. Uh, if they're bringing Xavius back, then by all means, go fight him. That's what. Go you're take for. care of that guy. Go do the Emerald Dream thing. You're the dude with the experience in that kind of thing, and just leave the rest of this, the whole war thing. Yeah, leave that to us. I mean, well, that, that's the other thing too, is because one of the problems I've always had with Night Elves, I understand why they made it so that you know you can be either gender as a druid or a warrior, right? But Night Elf society is matrilineal, kind of. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it should. Should and they've tried be- to shift it kind of out of that just for gameplay purposes because yeah. obviously, you know, if and you want to play a druid and you want to play a lady druid, you want to be able to play a lady druid, period. I, have, I don't have a problem with that. I just think occasionally there should be someone saying, you know, make, just make, have the occasional NPC. They have orc NPCs be orcish about things, you sure. know? Well, just have the occasional night elf be like, oh, right, your people have men do that. Okay, yeah, that's fine. <laughs> just some, something where there's like a little bit of that flavor is brought back. I honestly, when you first see the Night Elves back in Warcraft 3, you, you get to see them because they scared the piss out of Grom Hellscream. Yep. They scared him enough that he was willing to drink out of a fountain that had evil magic in it just because it might give him the odds. You know what I'm saying? They were nuts. And want- Grom Hellscream was not 
a timid orc yeah. <laughs> at this all is, by any this, stretch of the imagination here. He says straight up, like they were savage maniacs in battle. They were fearsome and and and, and terrifying. I want those night elves back. I want the night elves back who, when you fight them, you know you've been in a fight. I really want the Tyrande back who, who I want, I want the Warcraft 3 Tyrande back. I want her back. I don't know where she went, but I want her back. I liked her. I will point out that she's a sociopath and I've never actually liked her as a character. Yeah. She's a maniac <laughs> and I, I think she's a bad person, but she's interesting. She moves the story forward. Yeah, Having that Tyrande around means you have somebody who when Varian's like, it's a trap, would be like, I don't care, and leads in, like, you know, all her people to murder everybody. Cool, then we'll trip it. <laughs> yeah. She, she is nuts. Taronda is a Looney Tunes. And I, I, it's one of the reasons I'd like Chandris to step up and be more of a, let's play, all right, we want to have the mother-daughter relationship, then let's play with it. Chandris is the person who can tell Taronda no. She's the one who can say, no, we're not going to go in like maniacs. I'm going to lead a charge. We're going to distract them. It would be nice if you'd use your powers to do that over there where it's tactically. And, and you know what I mean? Have some interplay between these two characters and have them be a, a female-dominated society. Don't have to have it be like oppressive and bigoted. Just have the female characters in charge. Show them if they want If they want to do that whole mother-daughter relationship, right? And I'm speaking as, as, as a daughter who had a mother, right? Okay, so there's several phases to this mother-daughter relationship. And when you start out, it's very much, you know, mommy and all this other stuff, much like what we saw, you know, in that short story. I think that's what irritated me the most about that short story was that the, the, the relationship between Chandris and Tyrande seemed very much like, oh, you're my little girl. And that's not, that's not where it should be. Not after all of this time, right? Yeah, it's 10,000 years later. There comes a point... There comes a point as a daughter where you reach a certain age and it's like, okay, you and your mom are kind of on the same page. And yeah, your mom might try to correct you. And yeah, your mom might try to like tell you what to do. But you can tell her. You feel safe enough and secure enough to tell her, look, mom, hi, adult here. I'm going to go ahead and go do this. I can take care yeah. of my own business. And the mom is secure enough to let you go. And let you do that. And that's, it's much more like a, a, a friendship, a really close friendship, than you it should, is a mother-daughter parent thing. You know what I mean? Yeah, or you could even, if you don't want to have that, then have them be antagonistic. But by God's sake, they can't, Shandris can't be a five-year-old for the rest of her existence. She can't be this coddled little thing. I'm sorry. Yeah. She's like, she's, she's a murder She's a high, high she's general. awesome. Of yeah, she's the high general of the Night Elf <laughs> forces. Uh, they, they wouldn't put her in charge if she had to go ask mommy every five minutes. Yeah, you, so you can't kinda, be that good at murder if you're, you know, yeah. five. We're, we're kind of getting off topic a little bit here. Obviously, oh, yeah, we've got um, a ton more to talk about, and it's only like nine minutes to go. <laughs> I know, right? Um, that's okay. We're just kind of rambling. This is free form, so, you know, people are getting what they aren't paying for or whatever. I don't know. Anyway, uh, so Legion, right? Oh, yeah. We have a legion coming through. We have a giant invasion. We obviously have something going on between Gul'dan and Illidan. We have Night Elf stuff going on. We did briefly mention the Emerald Nightmare does make an appearance. Yep. Let's talk a minute about Alaria and Turalyon and what that might mean, their return. Honestly, that's what when, when they announced Alaria and Turalyon coming back, the first thing I thought of is that's where Illidan is sending his demon hunters. You think? 
Because it makes sense that when the planet got blown up, that they got caught by the Legion. And it would make sense that the Legion would banish them to someplace like Mardu. You? For for the people here who may not have like actually read the books or experienced these characters at all, will you explain why Alaria and Turalyon are missing? Oh yeah, that's a good point. Uh, okay, and why people are concerned <laughs> about this? First off, t- 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 real real quick and dirty. Turalyon is High General Turalyon. He was the successor to Anduin Lothar. He's the guy that when Lothar went down, uh, picked up the high, you know, the the great royal sword of Stormwind, and kicked the uh, dwar- the the orcish butts. He he. Beat he Doomhammer. won the second war. He's the mm-hmm. guy who won the second war and defeated Doomhammer in, in, in hand-to-hand combat. Right. Uh, he is a paladin. I will point that out for all paladins out there. I do. I am aware that one of my greatest Warcraft heroes is a paladin. Uh, Alaria is Alaria Windrunner. Ooh. She's the eldest sister of the Windrunner line. She's the probably Sylvanas. Before Sylvanas got turned into a banshee, she wrote on the memorial to Alaria that Alaria was the best of them. Uh, she yeah. is. Possibly the most skilled Farstrider ever to exist. And she and, Tur- and Turalyon had a kind of, uh, for lack of a better word, a contentious but ultimately loving relationship where they had a child together. Uh, and during the, the, the Alliance expedition to Draenor, before it blew up, she and he sort of helped steal the uh, Skull of Gul'dan. Not, was it the Skull? No, it wasn't the Skull of Gul'dan, was it? Yeah, it was, was it? the Skull of Gul'dan. Yeah, it was. Mm-hmm. They helped steal the skull of Gul'dan back from Deathwing. They helped uh, seal the portals and ultimately create the magical feedback that blew up Draenor. They kept it from going to Azeroth and blowing that up too. Portals so, popping up all over the planet, tearing it apart. So at the end of that, they vanished. No one knows what happened to them. They, they, they were around for a, a while. They through a portal and peaced out. Yeah. They were around long enough that people knew of them. Like when you talk to... Uh, Denath Trollbane, he's like, yeah, I don't know where they went after everything settled. And their uh, son has been left behind. He's a half-elf. Yeah, Arathor, the, the Redeemer, who's... Yep. Uh, Which is important, actually, too. Yeah. And I, just had, I just had a thought when we were talking about Trellian coming back. Yeah. Um, do you remember... I mean, do you guys remember speaking to Arathor, the Redeemer, and him telling you about his little dream? Yeah, I do. All remember. the time. Yeah. So for those of you that don't know, uh, when you talk to him, uh, he talks about a dream in which... He's standing over a man when the skies are red and an army of demons stands before them. Well, what do we have coming to uh, Azeroth right now? An army full of demons. Perfect so, yeah. timing. We we didn't we know that they vanished. We know that we've been you know seeing uh, warning loading screens and WoW for years saying no one knows what happened to Alaria Turalyon, and we know based on uh, the the announcement this week that they're coming back in Legion. So I think it's possible that they will be involved in the. Uh, Demon Hunter start, like it's possible that's where they've been. I don't know that that's actually the case, and they might show up in some other way. Uh, that's certainly possible. I do know this much, though. The return of Alarian Turalyon to Azeroth will have a seismic effect. It will... A, it's going to shake up the Alliance big time, because this is, this is somebody on the level of Lothar. This is one of the greatest heroes the Alliance has ever seen. Um, and he, if he's back, he's going to look at the world he left, the world he sacrificed a lot for, and I'm not sure he's going to like it. Like, there's a lot going on, both in the both in the Alliance and outside of it, that he wouldn't approve of. So that's going to have a big effect. Alaria, on the other hand, when Alaria shows up, the, 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 the Blood Elves are in for a huge problem. Uh, shocker, yeah. Yeah, this is her... This is the, possibly one of the greatest high, high elf heroes ever to live. The um, one who isn't a zombie. 
Yeah, the one who isn't a zombie <laughs> and who isn't like sitting around, you know, mourning her dead husband and not sure what to do with her life. Plus, she's the one that saved Silvermoon in the Second War. Yeah. You can't there's no way to impeach her. It's not like Valeria where they can say, Well, she married a human. Yes, Valeria married a human, but she saved Silvermoon. You can't take it away from her. If she strides into Silvermoon and says, What is going on here? What Lorthamar what can Lorthamar say to her? It's this gonna be is, interesting seeing the dynamic between her and Lorthamar. Yeah. Honestly. It, it's Lor- really Yeah. Can can Lorthamar honestly try and push her out of the city? Can he tell her she's not welcome to Silver? Well, and who would and who would do that? Like with when she shows up, who's gonna support him in that decision? Well, that's the th- that's the problem. Who, what happens to Blood Elf society if, like, like the last of the? She's great technically elf not a Blood Elf either. She's no, a she's High not. Elf. She's, she's a, high, a elf. high Elf. If she shows up in town, what do you do? Do you push her out? Can you push her out? Who do you get to to enforce that? Do you t- do you ask the Far Striders to push her out? She was never the Far Strider leader. She was never their their commander. She was simply the best of them. It's it's sort of weird. It'd be like if Captain America showed up in in America right now after we'd all become addicted to like demon magic or something. <laughs> it's kind of like you know, <laughs> Captain America's like, "What are you all doing?" And it's like, um, we look up from the souls we're greedily devouring. Oh, um, about that. Wow, you've been gone a while. Yeah, it's sort things, of like, things have happened. <laughs> <laughs> it, it, the thing is, is it's just like, does this signal like the return of high elves? Like, will will there be high elves in another expansion because of this? W- what does it mean? What happens? What happens in in Undercity? Sylvanas went nuts trying to bring one of her sisters in, and that was Valeria, the young one. This yeah. is her elder sister. This is her elder sister who hates orcs like fire. She doesn't just dislike orcs. This is a person where Turalyon had yeah. had to be, honey, um, do you think you've murdered enough orcs yet? Had, uh, had Sylvanas actually had Alaria to approach during war crimes instead of Varisa, Garrosh Hellscream would be dead and warlords never would have happened. Yeah. And Alaria wouldn't feel a single second of remorse for it. Nope. Alaria would have walked in and killed him in front of the Celestials. <laughs> You wouldn't even have like there wouldn't have been any stealth to this. She would have killed nope. him while yep. he was on the seat. She would have done it with her bare hands. She would have just strangled him because yeah, yeah. It, it's that's that's her. She's you tough, tough as nails. To, you don't want me to bring my bow in? That's fine. You can hold my bow. Oh, my knives. Here are my many knives. My sword. Yes, absolutely. Hold my sword. Oh, you you also want the hidden sword? Yeah, that's fine. I'll just excuse me a second. <laughs> okay, what I'm just gonna about? break his neck. <laughs> yeah. Oh, the dead orc? Do you have any idea how many orcs I've killed? What's one more? So this we, one's brown. We are, uh, we are approaching the one-hour mark here, obviously, so we need to start wrapping it up. Uh, quick, real quick, go. Rossi, biggest lore thing you're looking forward to in Legion? Oh, man, I want to see... I want to see Suramar. I want to see this, night el- this like, new night elf society, this new elven people. Okay. I'm really interested in that. All right. Uh, Joe, same question. Honestly, it's going to sound really goofy, but I'm looking forward to artifact weapons because I really, really want to know what besides a doom hammer they're going to call upon for shaman. Because I can't think of another iconic shaman weapon, and I need to know. Like, it's eating me alive. Okay. As for me, I'm pretty much night elf everything here. I'm just excited that we're doing night elf things instead of orc things. Because 
that's interesting to me. And it's something Which, that we haven't explored in forever. That was Hazakostas' best line of that entire thing. When he was like, I know you all miss all the dwar- the orc stuff, the spikes. <laughs> and everyone was like, no! No, please! We're done with orcs for a while. Let's just put them to the side here. Let's concentrate on the Calderite because they kind of need it. Uh, so anyway, that pretty much wraps us, us up for this episode of Lore Watch. Uh, Blizzard Watch is made possible due to the generous contributions at patreon.com slash blizzardwatch. And your continued support means that this podcast, the one we're recording right now, as well as our other ones, and the website, and the community is able to thrive and grow. And Blizzard Watch supporters enjoy exclusive benefits like early access to the podcast. And if you're listening to this immediately after we record, hey, thanks for your support. And you also get a better chance of having your question answered on our podcast or in the queue and an ads-free site experience. Uh, we didn't really have any questions this time around, so if you do have questions for Lore Watch, please feel free to leave them on Patreon and we will pick one at random and go ahead and discuss it. We won't spend the whole episode discussing it, but we will take a chunk of time out of the show and talk about it if you feel like it. Anyway, uh, that's it for this episode and we will be back again two weeks time. Thank you and we will see you then.